0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: The Men's Room Podcast from Talkspool is proudly sponsored by Toolstation. If, like me, you love a little deal, then you can join the Toolstation Club today online, in-store or via the app, and you will save some money getting a 5% discount shopping with Toolstation, as well as a chance to get your hands on some fantastic prizes, such as TVs, gaming consoles and even holidays. If you keep spending, you'll keep on saving. That's the Toolstation Club, so make sure you join today online, in-store or via the app. Abosh.
2: Hi guys, in today's podcast, we will be discussing themes involving male victims of domestic violence. We understand this can be a very upsetting topic for people to hear. So if you are sensitive to these conversations, please go and listen to some of our other fantastic episodes. And I look forward to you joining us in the men's room next time. Hi everyone, I'm Adi Lodibo and welcome to another episode of The Men's Room where we discuss everything, you guessed it, men. Um, you know, when we signed up for this, myself and Rory, we wanted subjects that were challenging, subjects that were maybe taboo by some people and I think today we have just that. Uh, Let me first introduce uh, Mark Brooks, uh, chairman of the Mankind Initiative as charity that for over 20 years has been helping men escape abusive relationships. Mark, really appreciate you coming.
3: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Yeah. Rory, looking forward to this one as well?
3: Yes,
4: I am. I think it's, um, I mean, when we initially discussed doing a podcast like this, Mm. it was it was confronting these sort of topics that made it so interesting from our perspective, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, really, I'm uh, really am looking forward to hearing more about this.
2: And I guess a subject for the listeners and the viewers as well. When you think of domestic abuse, Mark, you normally think of the male to the female as opposed to the female to the male. But I think we've seen, especially recently in the trial of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you've seen... Uh, these things do happen and a lot more frequent than people think
3: yeah absolutely I mean when you look at the government's own figures around one in three of all victims of domestic abuse are men and that obviously includes men in same sex relationships as well and the the figures also show that around one in six men will actually be a victim at some stage in their life so the figures are far higher than people actually realise
2: I'm pleased to say uh, we're joined by David a domestic abuse survivor who has been kind enough now to join us and tell us his story. David, firstly, thank you so much for coming on The Men's Room. Really appreciate you coming on. If we can, let's go uh, to the beginning. Um, Tell us how how you met your partner and how the relationship progressed.
5: I was living overseas in the early 2000s um, and we met uh, in in, in that country Um, and it was my first sort of serious long-term relationship i guess so i uh, and i think it's important to stress that, that i was in so i was naive i guess in that sense in terms of what a, a healthy relationship should look like but also out i was quite outside of the sort of usual family context the sort of network of friends that you would have around you everything seemed at the outset fairly positive fairly healthy fairly uh, exciting and i i think this is probably common to 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 other victims' experiences is that that initial period is often characterised by kind of love bombing. Everything feels very positive. The your partner is, is very supportive, encouraging and enthusiastic. Um, and it, it's very difficult now with the benefit of hindsight because we were, were in a relationship for about 14 years probably. So it's quite difficult to go back that far and unpick at what points you know it started to turn. Certainly, I remember relatively early doors sudden really sudden shifts of mood and temperament and temper that that seemed excessive or 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 unexplainable to, or or completely irrational at times but you know you you take people as you find them if you love somebody you accept those kind of idiosyncrasies and flaws and what have you and and I think there's a kind of optimism as, as well in terms of being in a relationship and making it work, and and and, and that you would expect some bumps in the road. Um, we were we were together in, in, and living together in that country for about five years before we returned to the UK. And I think towards the end, um, certainly as we prepared to get married and 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 what have you, there was the the, the language became stronger, the 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 temper became worse. Um, and there were occasions when family visited where they would sort of say, you know, they would be party to conversations that were going on and they'd say, well, are you okay? That sounded a bit extreme, you know, And, and you, but to my mind, nothing was, was particularly, um, abnormal. Um, I, I think the violence started before we, before we left the UK, um, and 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 some of the one of the physical aspects that, that persisted throughout and i think this is sometimes where it started is that those those sort of temper outbursts and anger would 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 often be in the evening and they'd go in towards bedtime and if there'd been some anger uh on her part it would result in her for example taking away all the bedclothes, taking away my pillow throwing me out of the bedroom if i tried to get into bed not allowing me to sleep Um, David can I can I can I quickly cut
2: across you apologies Um, was there any part at the time when it became sort of physical you mentioned it was probably your first serious relationship was there a part of you that almost felt like this was part and parcel of relationships
5: yeah yeah for sure I I just and I think this is this this, with the benefit of hindsight it's kind of been one of the scary things is that is that I reached a point and I, I remember when eventually separated from my partner going and talking to friends who had essentially no idea that any of this had gone on and I remember talking to them about what what had happened uh, and mentioning the kind of daily occurrence of kicks, slaps, punches, scratches, pushes which to me had become completely normalised, and I remember this look of absolute horror on my friend's face, and and, and realising that actually that wasn't normal, and, and I kind of remember turning around and saying, "Oh, that was that was just day to day. That wasn't even the bad stuff. That was just what life was like. It was normal to be to be sort of kicked and, and as I say, and punched and pushed and scratched, and that that." Wasn't worthy of comment, and 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 again, I remember being, we lived with my parents for a time as we were moving back from from overseas, and and I remember you know being um, kicked in the testicles in front of my mother, and my mother being absolutely appalled, and yeah, I just, I was just like, oh no, it's just she's a bit angry, just, you know just a bit stressed about things, and I think, and again, that that became a common pattern that there was always, and I think you know because people will say why why stay with that person? And I think because when we are living overseas, it was because of the pressures that that society placed on her as a, as a woman. And then it was, as we were preparing to get married, it was the stress of preparing for marriage, preparing to move back to the UK. Then when we got to the UK and we, we ended up moving quite a long way from where my family were based, it was about maybe it's the isolation of being there. We've got a small child. It's the pressure of being a new parent. And then it was, as we moved back up to be closer to family, as well, you don't, doesn't really have a friendship network of her own. Perhaps that will help, and then that developed, and the violence is still there.
2: So, so you you're, you're constantly making excuses for the behaviour. Uh, Mark's here. Mark, yeah. is that something you tend to hear from people both ways? Um, that they will make excuses for their
3: partner for their actions. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of it when it comes to men, a lot of chivalry as well uh, for some men in terms of saying, well, what I want to do is help my partner overcome those problems that she's got or those behavioural uh, problems um, and also a real reluctance to leave the re- relationship and leave somebody who they feel is vulnerable behind. So that that is a that is a clear issue about making those excuses also it's because a lot of men don't want to admit to friends or family um, that they're actually a victim of domestic abuse because of the shame and embarrassment and the undermining of what it means to be a man and they're worried about what actually the reaction will be of friends and family and others if they actually do disclose that they are a victim
2: when it started to get
3: a lot more serious
2: you mentioned her sort of abusing you in front of your family was there not a part of you that thought okay let's just walk away like, this is this is enough this has now become embarrassing because now the family know about it surely there must have been a part of you that, at the back of the mind that was like okay let, let's let's end this Um
5: I think <laughs> it's it's so difficult because I think as, as as a relationship, the longer a relationship goes on, you, you accumulate the trappings of that relationship. You buy property together. You have, in our case, children together. I think the point where it became really serious for me was when we were living, as I say, away from family. And I did, I had disclosed to, to my family at one point. I rang them saying that, you know, my my then wife had had become increasingly violent that I I had welts on my arms bruises I was in a fairly bad state Um, and then that escalated into an occasion where um, my daughter was about one barely walking my partner attacked me verbally and and physically was pushing me and shoving me around the house at one point almost pushed me onto my daughter who was clinging to my leg at the time and then forced me out of our apartment through all of, a, of of my belongings into the communal landing, was screaming and shouting. Um, but interestingly, at that point, I, my my thoughts were was, was still not about leaving, but about trying to find her the right help. So I, I remember I, I rang the GP and I said that I I, I didn't want my wife to, to have to go at the GP on her own and be almost presented as you know you've got an issue you've got a problem but it was still about how do how do I help how do we help how do we so I went back to my wife and said oh, I've got us an appointment at the GP but this is not about you having a problem this is about us as a family how do we make this work because even then with my daughter at risk the narrative for me was still about how do we keep the relationship—how do you keep? You know, the, I think I think it's so drilled into us that families are—you know—that for children, you should stay together. Parents should be together. You should make it work. It's better for the child to have those those two parents present. And I think that that narrative is just so compelling that, as I say, even then, when I was starting to think about this isn't right, I do need to get help. Um, and I contemplated calling the police. I still didn't want to do anything that would actually jeopardise us as a, as a family, and was trying to keep things together. And I think, and and I I stayed together with my partner for for another five or six years before um, we separated. Dave,
4: David, can I ask you, please? I think that you were talking about it moments ago but didn't quite finish the thought was there a scale that led to this level of bu- of abuse i mean you mentioned there sort of being kicked uh in your private parts in front of your mother i mean that's 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 horrific but i think you were touching on something was there a scale that led to that did you say something about maybe um the the duvet was removed from the bed was that one of the first experiences of abuse that you suffered and how did that all manifest itself
5: i think yeah i think it was it was um as I say, it was. It was. I guess it. As I say, it's quite hard to go back and unpick. But you, you imagine a sort of continuum where you know the, the shouting and the screaming and there's there's aggressive language, and then it. You know, there might be. As I say, my my sort of thresholds and, and baselines are so way off, and still, uh, you know, still are to some degree in terms of what I would consider to have been normal and acceptable. I think, yeah, it would have started with small. Small punches and slaps, or 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 lashing out. Which then, as I say, the 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 the, the sleep deprivation bit, I think, really sticks in my mind as being because it was so traumatic. And then, and and that pattern of behaviour continued with, and it would in later years would reach points where she would pin me to the bed with her um, knees on my my shoulders and spit in my face because I my. Approach things was to try and withdraw myself from the situation. If she was getting that way in the evenings, I'd try and go to bed. That was partly why the sleep, the, 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 the trying to pull the duvet and stuff off started, because that would be my way of dealing with it would be to say, I, I don't want to, to, you know, this isn't helpful or, or healthy. And I think the best thing is if I just go to bed now and take myself away from the situation, try and escape it, I guess, through sleep, but that was denied me. Um say so it, it was so incremental that it is it is really hard to um i, I mean the, the things that were going on i mean there, were, there was there was an afternoon we were having friends over that evening and we were getting chairs out of garage and she hit me across the back with with a with a table leg from a sort of a ikea table that was, was dismantled in the garage and and this thing had a, a steel core through it. And I remember turning around and saying, you know, you just hit me with a, effectively a steel bar in the back. I think that the, almost the gaslighting that goes on is that the, the response was, well, I, I didn't realise it had steel in it. You know, as this actually the act of hitting me in the back with a table like is perfectly okay? But yeah, or maybe actually I shouldn't have done that because you know, it was harder than I realised. It, it, it It's so hard now looking back, as I say, to unpick where that continuum started, how it almost built up, and and your y- your sense of normal is so so off kilter by that point. Uh,
2: Mark, is there is there a is there a problem when with males being the victims here, them not knowing
3: what is abuse? Well, well, that is that is the problem in terms of um, not so much not accepting that it's abuse because they realise it is and that it's wrong, but they don't actually. Put the rest of the equation together, so they don't think that is domestic abuse. Mm. Domestic abuse is quite a technical term, um, and that that is one of the problems, especially because the way that society talks about this subject, it doesn't talk about male victims in in the way that it it rightly does for female victims but what that means is that men just aren't getting it that this is domestic abuse and therefore not looking out for organisations that can help not looking out for the police of course who will help and also not disclosing to their friends and family um, key issue is and, and you know David talked about that it was normalised and he didn't disclose that to his friends on that evening for example and um, But also on the flip side is that friends and family, wider society, GPs and others aren't always looking out for it as a potential issue for men. So if you like, their spidey sense isn't as attuned to thinking about Uh, a male victim in an abusive relationship as it perhaps would be for for a female victim and therefore one of the key things is that for friends and family and others to start thinking about if a man is in a bad relationship if they're feeling anxious depressed something doesn't seem right with them to actually start to ask them those questions about is everything all right at home? Can I help? Happy to talk. Um, Here's some organizations that might be able to help you if you wish to contact them. So there's a responsibility on other people who are around those men to actually start to reach out and start to open the door far quicker than perhaps many do. Um, I've spoken, David, to so many people that have suffered domestic abuse.
2: And I think the biggest problem that they have is you know, either seeking help from people like Mark and family and friends, calling police or just walking away. That's why they stay in domestic abusive relationships for so long. What was the moment when you decided enough is enough? Was it a light bulb moment? Did something physically happen? What made you say, okay, I need to move away from this relationship?
5: I think, well, I mean, a couple of things happened. I mean, as I say, I did, I did seek help from a, a GP um, when we were living in, um, Sort of on the south coast of England, and unfortunately, that 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 experience was was, was entirely negative. I went along. Um, we explained what had ha- happened. I was, as I say, my arms were were, were covered in bruises and welts and scratches. Uh, I had a one-year-old child with us at the time, um, and the GP just kind of said, "Well, you know, some relationships are a bit, you know." Um, tempestuous. Some, some people have got cultural factors in their background that mean that they're just more predisposed to being a bit <laughs> aggressive, shall we say. Um, there are, so there are cultural factors at play. Maybe, the, you know, people who've, who've grown up around uh, abuse and perhaps are perpetuating they saw when they're younger. So essentially, you know, you're just going to have to live with it, get on with it. Um, you know, maybe worse by the fact that my daughter my daughter actually threw up in the in the surgery. And still in my doctor's notes that, that that was attributed to stress that she threw up spontaneously. And yet nothing was done. And that kind of just gave this sense of well, actually you could go and get help, but but what would be the point? You, you know, you really are gonna have to try and just soldier on and make this work. So fast forward a few years and the abuse was getting worse. And I, I would say I was reaching a point where I knew I needed to do something um, because it was starting to endanger my children. You know, they were, we would be getting ready for school and we would be leaving the house literally with me having object, household objects thrown at me in the hallway in front of the children and screaming and shouting from my ex and, and taking two terrified crying children into school is 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 a real wake up call that you know you, th- th- this isn't healthy but still my mindset was how do we get help for her? how do we make this how do how do we make this work because I, my thoughts were still not on escape and getting out it was still i was still wedded to this narrative i think of you know we should the, the, the family unit would be stronger together and we we just had to you know make this work um That behaviour escalated very severely um, and there was a a serious assault on me again in front of one of our children who ended up escaping the house and running to a neighbour's to get help. How how old was that child? Uh, Seven at the time. Um, But again, (laughs) she went to a neighbour. The neighbour offered to contact the police, offered me to contact the police. And I still said I wanted to. I, it was okay. I, I wanted to try and make it. Well, I wanted to try and calm the situation, calm my wife down. Well, I was fearful, I guess, of, of 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 what assumptions would be made because of me being a man. If somebody did call the police, would us, would they come out and assume that I'm I'm bigger, um, you know, taller? I'm the man. It, it, are they going to assume that somehow this is this is bidirectional? That that you know that it. I I just didn't know, and I didn't. I just, as I say, I just wanted to try and continue to make it work. In the end, police arrived at the house and were incredibly supportive. Um, And when I said I I, I didn't think that you would, well, I thought that you would make you know those assumptions. I've mentioned. (laughs) Just sort of looked at me and said, "Look, just just look at the state I had. I I had bruised ribs. I had bite marks on my arm. Puncture wounds from where I've been bitten." Um, I was completely dazed and slightly concussed from being hit in the head. Um, And they said, look, you know, we're not stupid. We go to enough of these things to be able to read a situation and and you're, you know, you're very um, badly uh, bruised and beaten. Um, And they took my then wife away. They arrested her handcuffed and took her. Uh, She was extremely drunk because uh, alcohol abuse had become a, a major problem for him. And, and they said, you know, our advice is do not go back. This will not get better. If you stay with her, we will be here again, and you might not be as lucky next time. And, you know, you have to take steps to protect yourself and to take, protect the children. And I think during the course of that assault, I still remember a moment where it was like a cord being cut. Um she was tearing up the kitchen, throwing things, and she'd thrown a series of, of objects at me. And um, she was hefting a, 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 a glass, a drinking glass, and quite heavy bottom drinking glasses, and she was sort of hefting it in her hand. And I could see her weighing up whether she was then going to launch that at me. And I remember just a moment where I realised that actually, genuinely, My life was at risk. If that had hit me, if it had hit me in the wrong place, that that would have been it. And I think at that point, it was literally like a cord had been cut. I just realized I could no longer justify putting the children through that, putting myself through that. Out of some perhaps misguided sense of loyalty or or love, effectively, I love really trying to you know protect that person and realize that I just couldn't I couldn't do that I couldn't do I would never be able to do enough to 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 help her or to or to or to even out the behaviors or to make everything safe or to be able to bring up the children in the way that they deserve, which is a, to you know, to have a happy childhood in a peaceful home. David, how do you
2: how do you balance the, the the relationship now? I still call it a relationship just because
5: you have kids. Um, how does that work now? It's been very very difficult. I'll be honest. One of the therapists that worked with our children um told me at the close of my children's therapy um to, to look after myself and to be careful because she said abusers who've had control will not go quietly. And and that I think sadly has come has been true. There's been periodic abuse, years of family court proceedings, which I think have been used as something of a of a of a of a means of perpetuating abusive behaviours. It's been tough and it continues to be tough. And it's been Lonely at times because, you know, raising two small children while somebody's effectively, I used to liken it to sort of running a race with somebody literally throwing grenades at your head, you know, while you're trying to, you know, you're trying to parent and you've literally got somebody harassing you over text and sending you abusive messages. You know, you'd be on a day out looking after the children and the phone would be pinging with just. Yeah,
2: fairly vile. Mark, you you must hear these stories all too often. Um for me, this is my first time of hearing sort of domestic abuse when it's sort of female to male, but you must constantly get this.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um we, we hear this daily on, on the helpline. Other organizations do on their helplines and services as well. And give me some figures. When you when you say daily on the helpline, like
2: how many how many men are calling in on a, on a daily basis about abusive
3: relationships? Well, we, we, we get around 15 a day. Uh, around 15 a day Um, and we've had to increase our uh, number of people on our on our helpline to actually um, to take some of those calls Mm -hmm. Um, but also lots of men are contacting other organizations as well Um, and there has been an increase I think uh, the lockdowns have actually uh, made things worse for many men Um, it's intensified the abuse that they've gone through but also for many men it's been a period of reflection where they've thought well we actually need to get out of this relationship now Mm -hmm. so that's what's been uh, generally increased the number of calls and men actually reaching out for support however we know that that's just the tip of the iceberg and there's lots and lots of men who don't contact anybody suffering behind their front door And one of the great things about this is that we hope that this will actually encourage more men to actually come forward and and escape from the abuse because that there are options for them and support out there for them to help them do that. You, You mentioned the word escape
2: there and there are going to be people that are listening to this and. You know, people, you know, you hear the word trigger warnings all, all the time. People are going to say, well, as soon as you see something, you go. Why is it so difficult for people to to not go? Um, David there suffered years and years and years of abuse, probably physical or mental. Why don't people just
3: leave? Firstly, love. Uh, secondly, uh especially for, in terms of men thinking that they can actually change the behaviour of, of their of their partner, that it's, they've got a role to actually help them. Uh, thirdly, there's issues around, obviously, with children in the household, which complicates matters. Um, and then, o- obviously, there's the issue about what the consequences will be if they do leave, where can they escape to? How can they rebuild their lives? Who they can turn to? So all of those issues act uh, acts as a way of keeping a man in those abusive relationships and stop them from escaping as, as soon as they possibly can. It also tends to be uh, in terms of more middle-aged men, uh, because just generally speaking, even though younger men are more likely to be a victim than Men in their middle age, 35 to 55, for example. But men will have children, they'll have a mortgage, they'll be married, for example. And those things keep those men in those relationships, making it harder for them to escape. But the key thing is, many do. And this is one of the key things I really want to get across, is that whilst men are going through this all the time, on a daily basis, men are also escaping and leaving from these relationships all of the time too. And I think that's a really important message to get through to anyone who's listening or watching this, that men do escape, so you can escape too. And also to any friends and family members, who workmates who might be listening, you have a responsibility to help them as well. David, um, are you in a relationship now?
5: I yeah, I am, um, and I think it's testament to the to the, the incredible partner I have that um, that I'm able to, to 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 do things like be on here today and, and and talk about those experiences because I've I've reached a point now where. I can look back without it being as, as raw as it was. It's, it's, it's absolutely important to to have that message of hope that it does, it does. It took me a time. Um, and I was very, very fortunate in finding somebody who had the patience and the compassion to see through the kind of damage that was there, um, on the outside, um, to, to the person who was, was inside and wanted to get back out, if that makes sense. And and through her love and support um and and, and her endless patience with my various sort of triggers and, and 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 baggage that I've that I've carried, you know, I've been able as I say, been able to rebuild and 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 we've built a, a healthy, positive relationship. The children have a, a Hugely positive female role model in their life, which you know is 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 such a a bonus for them. And it and it, as I say, it diminishes to a point where you can. I mean, I'm still finding elements of this difficult, but you can. You reach a point where you you make peace with it, and um, and, and 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 don't feel that your life is defined by that. And and in the grand scheme of it, it is. I think this is this is the important message to people that it it can feel like an insurmountable obstacle to get out and yes it's difficult and yes there are practical issues to solve. And I think that would be my advice to, 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 to family members and friends is that be there to offer those practical solutions as well. Don't just tell somebody they need to get out because actually they may already realise that, but just have no sense how they would begin to. In my case, it, the decision was taken for me. As I say, my ex was was, was, was arrested and I was presented with, a, with the option of, 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 of cutting that cord. But you know, it can be it can be more difficult for somebody leaving the family home, but I think for for victims, you know, it, it's so easy to get into the sense that this is this is your life. Your life's been set on this path, and you're just gonna have to live with it and deal with it, and that will be the, the pattern of your life henceforth and 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 until the end. And actually, life is such a a long, a, a much longer, hopefully journey that you know, in the grand scheme of it. Those years I lost to that abuse and the, the years that I lost in in rebuilding are hopefully just a small fraction of of, of my actual life's journey. Um, and and you know the, the the changes I've been able to experience over the last couple of years since I met my partner, been I mean, absolutely transformative. You know we're in so much of a better place. I'm in so much of a better place. Um, it can it can happen, and and it's not ever worth tolerating and suffering that 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 level of abuse
2: david um we can't thank you enough for coming on i uh, really appreciate the honesty and how open you were as well and um and congratulations on the relationship you are in now we wish you all the success uh that's for everyone all our listeners will, will share that as well so thank you for coming on david really appreciate
5: it no it's a pleasure thank you for for, for, for giving me that opportunity and 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 and, and for doing this for for people in in these situations. It, it can be isolating and frightening. But I think hopefully just the sense that actually people are aware that it is it is being discussed, that there's openness about it now will will be hopefully a huge help to to, to people out there. Indeed it will. Thanks, David.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: The Men's Room Podcast on TalkSport is proudly sponsored by Toolstation. This is your little reminder that you can join the Toolstation Club today online, in-store, or via the app. You might be thinking, why would I sign up? But I'm glad you asked. At Toolstation, if you keep spending, you keep on saving. Signing up means that not only will you get a lovely 5% discount shopping with Toolstation, but there are thousands of prizes to be won. So that's the Toolstation Club. So make sure you join today online, in-store, or via the app.
2: Uh, Rory, obviously,
4: look, you were listening to that intently. What do you make of it? That's actually scary, isn't it? It's scary because also for somebody for somebody like me who's lived, particularly in this conversation, a very lucky, fortunate life, I've never had any experiences. As far as I know, nobody I know has had any experiences of this. It's a bit of an eye-opener. is an awakening here because I would never have... I'd never really... Was even aware that things like that would happen. It wasn't that. It wasn't that I wasn't aware of it. It's just it wasn't really in my consciousness. It's not really in the public domain. It's not really something that we discuss. It's not really in like you know. It's not. It's not on telly. It's not part of our cultural awareness, is it? Domestic abu- abuse. I think the general consensus, if you were to ask people about in which direction does domestic abuse abuse flow, I think a lot of people would think it were one way traffic. So yeah, it's a, it's a very eye-opening, shocking stories for me to hear that because the, the the level of violence directed, it's, it's yeah, it's half blown my mind. I didn't think it were possible. M- Mark, has that Johnny
2: Depp Amber Heard case opened up a bit more? I, obviously, look, millions of people viewed it online uh, on YouTube and other social media platforms and I do wonder if there are men watching that that was like, one second, that's kind of what's going on in my relationship and, it's out there now. I can now talk about it and not be afraid to talk about it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that case has really helped male victims um, recognise if they're in an. You know, abusive relationship and what some of the behaviours are, and also that, that there's help out there. But also, I help. I think it's really helped change a society's minds as well around domestic abuse. Um, you know, we live in a three hundred and sixty degree world now, and therefore it's really important that people recognise that there are male and female perpetrators, and there's yeah. male and female victims as well. And I think that that's really opened the eyes f- for everybody, which therefore will mean. Um, More friends, family will recognise a man who's been isolated and all of those um, abusive behaviours that are going on. So it's been a real benefit in terms of that actual case. How many men do you think
4: as a percentage here call police? Well, you know, you know, with those approximately 15 calls a day say that, that you're that you're receiving. Firstly, you've got to think that those 15 are at the end of their tether like they like it must have for them to actually make that phone call there must have been this real cumulative effect there must have been a build up it Maybe isn't a one is. off Maybe yeah is. absolutely yeah. it isn't you're not making that phone call the first time no I'm, I'm convinced you're not you put it down to an anomaly you put it down to a sudden lapse in temper i upset her yeah she just yeah. Got what yeah what did i what did i do yeah yeah um so to make that phone call i think that you must have been through the rigmarole a fair bit but in terms of in terms of the amount, the scale of it, it has surprised me massively. Like 15 is a lot, particularly when you think the build up to get to that point of making the call. Do, do, do men call police? Do, do they do that? Um,
3: they, they do increasingly. Uh, I mean, there's around 150,000 uh, domestic abuse incidents and victims that the, the police um, categorise who are male victims are. Per, per year. It's not a lot though. At it's, it's hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. So that, so so there are there are more and more, and that's increasing every year. One of the things what what tends to happen with men is that they will go on websites, they will ring helplines, especially if they're anonymous helplines, mm-hmm. and some of the information that we give and others do is that how to then. Contact the police. What you need to do in terms of evidence, how to approach the police. So often websites and helplines and other organisations are a stepping stone towards contacting the police. So lots of the guys who call us, it's the very first time they've told anyone, mm. and they just want to hear and be to hear that they are a victim, and then hear hear about what the practical steps that they can take to escape, and the police is always an option. And we would always urge any man that if they're in if they're in danger and obviously if their children are too, please do call the police. If you'd asked me maybe five, ten years ago, do the police take male victims seriously? I would say some do, some don't. But now um, they all take uh, male victims seriously. The training that they receive is very inclusive now. So, you know, if you are in that situation, do contact the police. Is that part of the problem? You mentioned
2: there? um if they feel they're in danger um, unless it does get to the point where they're as, as David mentioned throwing things f- physically at you or, or biting you I guess bruises on the arm most men and this is probably a bit silly of myself but I, I guess most men wouldn't think they're in danger so I, I'm guessing most wouldn't call because they, they don't think they're in danger they don't think their life's in danger
4: making the phone call to the police or to, or to a charity but I'd say particularly to the police yeah I feel like there is an admission... That you can't of, handle the situation fear, anymore. Yeah. yeah. I would say that there is an admission of fear. And I think mm-hmm. that men, speaking generally, yeah. are reluctant they to admit that. They wouldn't want to that. admit yeah. that they can't... I'm in control of a situation. Yes. It doesn't matter what a situation is. But yeah. part of being manly is being in control of... Situations, sometimes hostile situations. Mm. So to acknowledge that you have actually lost control, you need help from an authority. And then remember, there's other connotations with calling the police as well. It's, mm. it's grassy and it's, it's, it's a whole other thing, isn't it? You're opening, you're, you're opening your door to a whole different world.
2: Yeah, especially if you have kids. So yeah. you've probably gone to a friend, a best friend, maybe. You've then maybe gone as far as going to a family member yeah, and then you've gone to the police. So the police is the
4: last straw. Yeah, although, Sorry. although, do you know? Do you know what? It might almost. I'd, I'd say anonymity in this situation would be quite key to people preserving anonymity. And it, you know, when you're opening up to a friend or a family member about this, difficult, isn't it? Difficult. Which you, means you're never having. You're never having that barbecue round. You know what I mean? You're never having that Christmas day again. You're never having. As soon as you've told a friend that that happens in your life. Changes, changes the way the whole England dynamic well. is, sh- but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think when, it shows, when this
5: children
2: it shows how difficult bit... it is. Mm. And and this is both sides of domestic abuse. It shows how difficult it is mm. that when you do make that phone call, have that conversation, it's
4: done, isn't it? I can Everything understand why, a, you can understand a why a guy some people particularly would find it very it. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, I wonder, it's very difficult to to deduce the data here, isn't it? But, it's impossible for us to know how many cases aren't reported. That's a ridiculous question to ask you, isn't it?
3: Um, Generally speaking, there's around three quarters of a million men a year who are victims of domestic abuse, according to government data. Right. But so few are actually being supported by the police or or local services. Mm. Many of those men will be able to escape from the relationship without actually contacting anyone. And that's why anonymity and websites are really important in terms of Um, in terms of uh, information or they will contact friends and family um, and and they will help them escape so a lot of those men aren't in touch with the services, if you like, so um, there's far there's far more than it anyone actually realises. The the, uh, the other issue is is really about helping um, for those friends and family to start opening those conversations up, and, and that will be a continual f- theme throughout your podcast about how just to start asking a question but not necessarily really probing Mm -hmm. initially just to say to a man if you need help or is that okay that man will think actually someone else has realized there's a problem in my relationship and i won't necessarily tell them now but i might look for an opportunity in a week or two weeks time and then uh, then they will start to de- disclose a lot more, and it's also about building the team uh, around you to help with that planning and, and, and escaping. So you don't need to tell the police mm. or uh, the accident emergency or a GP or, or anyone, but um, it's, it's important to actually start to disclose to other people that you trust that um, that there is something wrong and actually that they can help. Trouble calling the police is.
4: You know if you if you make that phone call to a to if you make that 999 call what are you trying to achieve the end of the relationship i think that's that's almost the
2: that's almost um, in my head to view it anyway that that's now me saying, i don't want this relationship anymore but i want everything to come tumbling down yeah i want everyone to know i want everyone to find out and if the police find out that's it because that's my way of doing it because yeah. especially and uh, maybe this is me looking at it from an African culture standpoint, but I've known people to be in relationships and they get abuse and then, but you would almost be told to kind of, you know, get through it. You know, get through it. There'll be a lot of that, definitely. There'll be a lot of that from everywhere, right? Just get through it, get through it. I think once you tell the police, it's almost gone to that extreme yeah. where there is no getting through it, this is it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when the police are, are, are called, then that's when the man has actually made that final decision yeah. that enough is enough. Yeah. Um, but it's an important step to take yeah. because if you've tried every other avenue, um, then that is the place to go. Also, we, we get lots of neighbours. Uh, we also get friends yeah. and family calling the police on, on a man's behalf. And again, we would really urge that if you think somebody is in that situation then please don't shy away from the police we know men whose lives have been saved because neighbors have called the police so you know it's really important that you know to think about this as a, as a collective thing that we need to work together on behalf of all victims both male and female Addie ask you completely honestly here no judgment at all
4: prior to this conversation today prior to this, two weeks ago if you're in a pub and you met your mate and your mate said to you that his missus the previous night had hit him. Yeah. How would you react? Probably like, come on, dude.
2: It, it, honestly, if, if we're being yeah. brutally honest, we're like, oh, come on. Like, are we are talking about? You know,
4: it almost be like that. I wonder what emotion generally people would feel. You know, talking to friends, I think that certain groups, certain fellas, I think there'd be an element of humour to it. I think there'd yeah. be an element of entertainment to it. Yeah. I think that people's acknowledgement when it's this way round it would be it would be virtually the exact opposite if it you know if it was a situation with reversed it would be everybody you know and you, that's the, why, the, the whole situation would freeze wouldn't it that's why i mentioned the Johnny Depp
2: situation, just because I mean, prior to it, when when it was mentioned that Johnny Depp was saying he was abused, um, people were laughing, and then you see how that changed, mm. the mindset changed when they heard the how? B- and abuse. and the people way like, that she wow. was talking. Yeah, people like, yeah. okay,
4: one second, mm. this is now serious. Well, she was so- playing. She was playing to the stereotype as well, wasn't she? Yeah. She said, "Well, good luck. Good good luck saying, I'm am a how on earth could I have, have yeah. abused you?" Yeah. She was almost conforming mm. to the question that I just asked you. Where yeah. 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 How people would view it, Mm. yeah, yeah, Um, and
2: and, you know, you see, you know, in that case, Johnny Depp, you know, a lot bigger than Amber Mm. Heard, and again, it does conform. Um, If there is someone listening, watching right now, and I'm sure there will be, uh, especially with the stats you read out, that has suffered abuse or is suffering abuse what would be your best piece of advice for them
3: well, well firstly i would uh, look at our website mankind.org.uk mm-hmm. i would also look at um confiding with trusted friends and family and also if you're in immediate danger please do call the police yeah. the last message if i may yes. just to repeat that There are thousands of men going through this every single day, but there are also thousands of men who are also escaping. So if you are in this situation, you can escape too. Please, please, you can escape, many do. Mark, really appreciate it, thank
2: you very much. difficult one that wasn't it um but again these are the kind of subjects that we want to discuss on men's room this is why we've set this platform up to have people like mark come on and david to call in uh, look thank you so much for joining us remember to keep up to date with all our podcasts remember you can download this as well wherever you get your
3: podcast from
1: Talk station are the proud sponsors of the men's room podcast on talk Join the Toolstation Club today online, in store or via the app and you will save some money getting a 5% discount shopping with Toolstation as well as a chance to get your hands on some fantastic prizes such as TVs, gaming consoles and even holidays. If all that isn't enough then remember, if you sign up then you will get loads of exclusive discounts that aren't available anywhere else. That's the Toolstation Club, so make sure you join today online, in store or via the app.